Hi, I'm Dr. Nairi. Welcome to my podcast, Share a Meal. Share a Meal is the easiest way to eat healthfully and improve your performance and manage weight by engaging in a healthy, long-lasting relationship with food. I'm so excited to be on this journey with you. Welcome to Share a Meal. Uh, I'm Kelsey Frank. I'm a registered dietitian and a fellow Drexel alum and a mom of a two-year-old boy. Uh, and I work in medical sales. I'm just going to steal Kelsey's introduction because it's literally everything. <laughs> I am also a registered dietitian um, and a Drexel alum, and I work in safety and quality now. And a fun fact about me is I'm a twin. Um, Andrea Irvin. I'm also a Drexel alum and a registered dietitian. And I work for Drexel Athletics as a sports dietitian there. And I am a mom of two girls, three and five. My name is Hao Nguyen. I am a Drexel alum and I have a private practice named Yummy Body Nutrition based in Philadelphia. I have a two-year-old boy and a newborn. So hi guys, it's been a long time since I've seen you. Hi. Hi. So I'm so happy that you guys came on to talk about this. Um, I I've been doing this podcast and I really wanted to kind of dive into all these myths that are out there. Like there's so many, and I know you guys have heard them all. So like, I want you to feel like you don't have to hold back, but I just want to talk about some of them and like why maybe they're out there and put an end to everybody's like suspicions of some of these myths. I think a lot about them. <laughs> I really do because I feel like every person in America, when they see me, they want to tell me their favorite food myth. Like the minute I meet somebody and I tell them a diet, I'm a dietitian, they immediately go to, well, what's the best protein powder I should be using? Or um, can you really, should I, should I use coconut oil? I'm just going to throw some of my favorite ones out there. Yeah, please do. Like, bring them. Come on, bring them out. Should I be putting coconut oil in my in my food? Um, carbs make you fat. Protein builds protein. Um, fat makes you fat. Fat. Yes. <laughs> fat makes you fat. Exactly. Like, does fat make you fat? Um, I don't know. Eating all eating all protein will help you lose weight. It. Eat, I, oh, wait, eat all, I, have I eat all protein. Go ahead. Yeah. I have one. Somebody said to me yesterday, and you know what? I feel like it's almost like I have armor now, and they're like, pew, pew. Like they just come off because I used to think a lot about them. And now, like you're right, I just get bombarded all day with them. So somebody yesterday was like, I'm going <laughs> to, to help with my cholesterol, I'm going to do the carnivore diet. And I was like, okay. They said there's a lot of research on it. And I was like, from who? The meat industry? Like, who, where, like, where are you getting your, your, your research from? Who's telling you this, you know? So yes, I do. Like, now that you say that you're right. Like people do say this stuff literally all the time, but I feel like I, I have armor on now where I have to tune it out or it stresses me out. And I feel like I have to correct everyone. Okay. So let's talk about correcting everyone. <laughs> Because Ha, I know that you, I mean, both of you, Ha and Angela and your own practices, I'm sure that you're like constantly pushing people in the right direction, like to get away from some of these thoughts or whatever they read that day online, <laughs> right? 
Yeah. yeah, I think the, I think the biggest one is this, the like the carbs one. Like I had a patient who was like, like she like she just can't seem to lose weight, and so she wants to cut out all her carbs. She got a uh, referral to go to an endocrinologist, and then they gave her a um, a glucometer, right? The the to yeah. check her blood sugar, and then I started like going down this rabbit hole, yes. and there's actually a company that sells these like $500 like glucometers that you can wear um, and they gear it towards, um, you know, like these athletes and figuring out like your macros. And I was like, wow, we would all be millionaires if we, you know, figured this out before them that, that, well, and it doesn't actually work, you know, like everyone's body's different. So let's talk about that because I want to get to like the science of it. So you wear a glucometer. First of all, for people who don't know what a glucometer is, it is a device that literally is put into your skin. It that's not superficial. Like it goes into you you make a hole, puncture your yeah. skin to put this device in and it'll send then updates to your phone of what your blood glucose level is. Okay? Now blood glucose level has a range. And it is your body's responsibility to keep it within this certain range. So right after you eat, the range actually goes up. It's not the same range as when you are fasting. So there's a range for fasting blood glucose. Then there's a range for after you eat something, glucose levels. What's happening here is everyone's trying to keep their blood glucose levels at fasting even after they eat. So, I mean, can someone jump in here? Like, am I like crazy that I just can't even believe that this is taking off? No, I mean, I can believe it's taking off. And to your point, Angela, like, it's not that we didn't think about it. It's that like, we're not in the business of, you know, scamming people. Like we're not snake oil salesmen, you know, like I just, yeah, there's so many things that people are like, this is great. And you know, um, I mean, even just something as simple as like talking about tech and using my fitness pal, which is great. But like, I was just telling students yesterday in your class that like, there's, you know, it's almost like Wikipedia, like anybody can add things in. You're trying to look for verifications. There's more than just like, oh, check your food on my fitness pal. It's like, you know, are you in the right weight range? Like, are you in the right you know, are you putting in the correct information? What are you using it for? Are you using the QR code? I mean, like so many things that Trust I could go do. When I'm looking, hi, Kelsey. Hi, awesome. I, we're, ta we're, just ta we're just talking food, like anything that's yeah. bothering us. And right now we're talking about <laughs> using, glu using glucometers uh, <laughs> to measure blood glucose levels um, on the on the everyday daily market. Like everybody just- Oh, right. Okay, out. got it. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone now just has a glucometer and like, it just sets off your buzz, your phone. Casual. Yeah. Casual. Yeah. 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 I, I could see, I mean, you know, I think as humans, we're so like gravitated towards technology and I could kind of see how I, I can see like as a consumer, if I kind of put myself in their shoes, like if I wasn't a dietitian, I can kind of see how that could be appealing, you know, like People are data driven. They want to know, yeah. you know, how many calories, um, you know, what their blood sugars are like, their biometrics, right? Like their their body composition that we even do in my practice. Um, but I, I think that 
there are people who are marketing towards, you know, they're selling it in a way and people just don't know how dangerous it could be. And it's not really bad. That was the other thing. Like she was prescribed by a physician for this. And like the physician didn't even like tell her how to use it. She was like, I don't even know what to do with this information. And I just think like, I don't know, with my background, like in eating disorders, I feel Mm -hmm. like people can take this information and like, it can really spiral into like a really negative effect either. So, you know, a lot of these, a lot of industries are giving out information to like the general public, but they don't really know, you know, where other people's mindset is and um, it can turn really dangerous. So that's like the other piece of these horrible myths. People want a quick fix. They want something and then it can spiral into something else. Just like you said, Andrea, with like my fitness pal, like, are you using my fitness pal for the right things? And do you have the right information in there? And I really feel, I think they've changed recently with having a disclaimer and everything. Um, but I mean, I reading these, disclaimers. <laughs> what did you just say? Yeah, he was reading that. <laughs> Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like all of these. Like, Which pizza do I like? Oh, I like <laughs> 120 calorie pizza. That's the one I'm eating right now. I am not <laughs> eating. And I just feel like the, 80 calorie pizza. Yeah. And I just feel like the tech behind it, like people need to use dietitians, you know, and health professionals, you know, for, for guidance, because it can be a really slippery slope. So, well, throw people into the wrong direction. Like Ha was saying, people want feedback. People want to see things. And I totally get that, Ha. Like you want to know what you're doing and you want to see immediate reaction. But what the what something like that is doing, could do is make people eat only the foods that do not raise blood glucose levels. And that can lead to harm. Like we need yeah. to understand what the true range is there. Kind of like that um what's that device i'm not going to say any device names i'm not going to throw anyone out but like the thing that you blow into to to measure your your breath for ketosis like do we want to live in ketosis is that our goal as human beings i'm going to let someone else answer that for me ha you answer since <laughs> you're laughing i want to know if we as human beings from a from a dietitian's point of view should we be living in ketosis no absolutely not and like and you know we also don't want to be in this fasting glucose range and we also don't want to be eating the same number of calories every single day either so you know with my fitness pal they, they set a goal for you and you're supposed to eat whatever it is 1200 calories and and that's an estimation as well you know we don't where we're kind of estimating what our activity level and it doesn't take into account genetics and, and all the different factors um, but we know that like, if we eat intuitively, our bodies are hungrier on some days and mm-hmm. it's less hungry on other days. So are we supposed to still force ourselves to eat, you know, our calorie target? Um, no, we're not. <laughs> I love that. I love that you said that because I really like to do, if we are going to look at calories, average of a week, because really it can go up and down and every day can be a little bit different. And what your, your needs change every day. Like yesterday, I'm in New York city. I walked 14,000 feet yesterday, steps. We <laughs> <laughs> walk 200 some days. Okay. Like, yeah. You, you have to adjust to what your body's needs are. 
Yeah. Okay. Give, give me a Kelsey. We just like threw out some, some myths out there. So give me one, something that like you, you hear. Okay. Wait, I made a list the other day. Cause I didn't oh. <laughs> Yeah. Is yeah. anyone surprised or <laughs> no, because she called me out like, and I know you have a list. And I was like, I would have had a list, but I am, so, I have been insane recently. And anyway, Kelsey has her list. Go. I don't know what you talked about already before I got on, but one of my biggest pet peeves, and I don't know if this is like a myth, but one of my biggest pet peeves, because I know people in my life that say it all the time is when they say like, Oh, I don't want to eat that. That's so fattening. Like food is that like a specific food is fattening. And I'm like, what does that mean? Like, what, what does that mean? Like if you eat a donut, that means that, but what if you only eat one donut in one day and that's all that you ate? Like, you're not going to gain fat. So right. I, I don't understand what Wait. that means. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. You are just not going to eat this brownie. Because the butterboard. You're not going to eat a butterboard. <laughs> you're not going to eat the butterboard. That butterboard is so bad. Oh, for you. Um, that so you're going to eat though. half a, I don't know, half a pound. I don't even know what I'm going to go with right now, but like, <laughs> give me an example. Like, like and you're going to eat like one. two like cups a, of quinoa and, yeah. and that's good for you. Or you could have had a piece of brownie and been like happy about it. Like start enjoying yes. it, people. Right. 100%. Or like a huge, huge salad with like a half a cup of dressing on it, but like it's a salad. So it's not fattening. Right. You or know, and like and bacon bits and, and, and right a cob salad, not that. Will be like uh, you need to jump in because these two, like you between, you're never gonna get in. Okay, so <laughs> right. take over. Well, I have clients that'll come in and be like, I don't know why I'm overweight. I never touch the bread when it comes out. <laughs> but I will drink a whole lot like of wine at, at dinner. You know, wait, I don't come to you. Do I? <laughs> 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 but but when you were like the, also the term healthy like I have I take issue with that sometimes too because it is a subjective term because like can we talk about like if you're going to say the word healthy like I just need to jump into the word clean because no, everybody no. eats dirty food <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, yeah you can't like that actually my, think my ears are bleeding but but healthy like people be like oh my god I gotta eat healthy or like, that's not healthy or, but like, it's so subjective and it gets thrown around so much. And I mean, even myself, sometimes if you like think about like some of the education that we've all made and we've been like healthy, this or healthy that. And like, even I feel like I've been guilty of that, but I'm just trying to like, I feel like I can say that, but <laughs> because we're dieting. Okay, wait, I have a metaphor. I have a metaphor for yeah, that um, based on our previous conversation. So people think of healthy in the same way that like, fasting blood sugar is when really the term healthy is more of like a1c like it's like a does that make sense or am i completely making okay, that up? that makes total sense yeah. dietitians but nobody <laughs> okay. understands what we're saying everyone else is super confused <laughs> like, oh like a1 say <laughs> like what? well i thought this was a safe place to share my thoughts so <laughs> We're recording, so everybody's listening. <laughs> okay, so what I'm saying is that the term healthy is more of like a big picture, like past couple months of your life. Like, are you living a healthy lifestyle? And that might mean having a brownie. That might mean having a salad, you know, like every once in a while versus one individual moment in time. Like, is this meal healthy? That doesn't really mean anything. 
Love it. That's a really great way to look at it and how I'm going to explain it from now on because <laughs> it is so, I mean, it's, it's a four it's, month snapshot. Would we say it's a quarterly yeah. snapshot of your overall yeah. everything, like everything that you do, not only what you eat, what you drink, how you behave, like your interactions with other people, like just your community that you are with. Like, so even like, are you always eating alone in the car or by your office? Or are you like having family meals and sharing meals with people and talking and like enjoying the whole idea of food? Wait, can I guys, can I tell you something really funny? So yesterday on the slide set, it was talking about like tips for healthy eating. And one of them was like, try eating silently. And I was like, and it was like on the slide. <laughs> Literally, I, I had the microphone. I felt very powerful. And I was like, yeah, I don't know what this means. So we're just going to like skip that. Food is social. Like it's not to be meant to like be quiet and eat in secret. <laughs> You're right. Why would the book say that? I don't know. Because the dietitian didn't write it. They, they yeah. did. Probably they is my guess. But they may well, be I think I think a lot of what we do too is like uh, nutrition has evolved. So, you know, we like I can even look back at some of the things I learned in school and it's evolved so much. And I think that um some of the myths that we're debunking are like things that just aren't true that have been that I've even been taught and that I kind of have to unlearn as well. Um yeah. and, and I think that's one really good example. <laughs> am I am I I'm taking this personally right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think you, you taught me. Was your teacher. Um, yeah. <laughs> you taught me. You taught everybody on this. Yeah, you taught everyone here. I know everybody's teacher. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're keeping up with the trends. Like, I mean, it's not like you're not. I mean, in fairness, the book was talking about like you know how they the it was like the 2015 to 2020. <laughs> um Outdated. you know guidelines so it is you're right I mean, people 2020 yeah yeah I'm like and you're right huh it was outdated I mean it is some of that stuff is outdated and how we present material and all of the technology and all the other things and how science I mean nutrition is a science and it's always evolving so I think you know just being on I feel on like right now, since you have a new baby new babies maybe Angela well actually all three of you actually all of you really yeah <laughs> I'm the only one who doesn't have anybody young which is probably a good thing Nairi <laughs> <laughs> but what I was gonna say is like um even the 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 recommendations for pregnancy infants and yeah. like what you can and can't eat during pregnancy, you know, like that has changed tremendously. Totally. Oh my God. I, I, I'll, you know, I'll say this. I ate sushi during my pregnancy. I ate tuna. I ate, um, I drank coffee. Like, um, I, I really got into this dietitian, Lily Nichols, and she debunked a lot of myths and like, it was such a page turner and I learned so much. And she even just kind of, um, compared the American diet to different cultures. Like in Japan, women are encouraged to eat fish, you know, like sushi is a main staple. Um, if you go to, I've Europe, always wondered about that. I mean, we've always, we've talked about this in class though, too, like about other cultures, like if it says sushi, but it's part of your everyday food yeah. like in other cultures why is this bad for you when you're pregnant yeah did you look into that huh like yeah. wine in Italy like do you I mean I'm sure pregnant people in Italy I'm sure they did although I feel I like that's a staple of their I'm, I'm curious now I need to look into that yeah 
but it's also how you feel personally too. Yeah, totally. Accepting of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, I learned, I, this is my second pregnancy and, and what I ate during my first has been so different from my, from my second. Tell me, um, something about that. Like, what is the, one of the biggest things that I would, that uh, here, I'm going to, I'm going to flip it the other way. What is still not okay to eat when you're pregnant? Like, what are the big things that you should not be eating when you're pregnant? Well, I would say wine is well. <laughs> alcohol. I probably wouldn't do alcohol. Um, what, what did I, I think like, wasn't it like high mer- mercury? Like they're, they still recommend like against like yeah, high they, mercury containing. Yes, like large, yeah. Large fish and not eating too much. So like, um, you can eat tuna, but you know, not more than like two or three times a week or something like that. But they actually, like, I'm not going to eat tuna more than two or three times a yeah. week. Right. Yeah. They actually recommend like, what is it like two eight ounce servings of fish a week for the omega three yeah. recommendation yeah. for brain development. So that's definitely, I feel like that's like the biggest thing they say. I mean, I remember when I was pregnant being in Canada and I was like, I'm not following any of these recommendations. Like it was like pasture. It wasn't pasteurized cheese. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, and I was like, this just looks way too good. Like, am I going to eat it every day? No, but like, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing is, is eating like in like, I mean, I think you're more likely to get sick when a restaurant's not following food safety. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's like the biggest thing. Yeah. So like, um, um, there are more foodborne illness outbreaks with like fruits and vegetables, but vegetables when you're pregnant. Right. But yeah, I would say the biggest thing is food safety. How about, um, soft boiled eggs? Still a big, I don't know. Yeah. You mean like yogi eggs? Yeah. Yeah. I like them. I eat them. (laughs) I really love them. I I didn't eat them when I was pregnant. Oh, mayo. Oh, mayo. Like, you know, you're not supposed to eat like Caesar salad. You're not supposed to eat mayo because it has like, never heard that. Really? Caesar salad? Mm -hmm. I thought thought you were going to say Caesar salad in it. Caesar salad has raw egg in it. Yeah. I thought that's what I dressing. Oh, interesting. Dressing. Yeah. But, but when I was pretty authentic. Yeah. Yeah. If they, if it was like a restaurant where they make the dressing in front of you, you know, like I wouldn't have eaten that, but like, I ate Caesar dressing like from a bottle, you know what I mean? Because yeah. that's like being that's not wrong, yeah. Right. Oh, how about the lunch meat? And they're like, you should microwave it. Oh, I'm not lunch meat. That sounds so good to a pregnant woman. You know, <laughs> that's, this, that's this meat. Like, all I craved was like hoagies. Oh yeah. That hoagie after he was born was the best hoagie of mine. Where'd you get a middle child? Did you get a middle child? Me? Know? Yeah. No, it was just oh. watch. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think Brian went there like three times after. And the guy was like, weren't you just here yesterday? And Brian's like, why are you judging me? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, now we know. I didn't know about that. Okay. Um, Kels, go, go down your list. Give us another one. Give us okay. another one. <laughs> back up. Uh, well, I have in all capitals gluten. Like that's just like... <laughs> The concept of gluten and how it's portrayed to the American public is also, you know, a myth slash a pet peeve. Of I ask you guys, like, I don't want to like dive deep into gluten, but does yeah. any do any of you eliminate gluten for any mm-hmm. reason? 
No, you don't eliminate gluten. No. Okay. Just wondering, just wondering, you know, it used to be used as like a weight loss tool to be a gluten-free diet, to be on a gluten-free diet. People would be on it. I feel like, to, it's still, I feel like people still associate it with that. Yeah. And then I feel like people become um, like gluten sensitive because they're like avoiding it for so long and then they add it back in and it's like, oh, my body reacted to that. Wait, can I add another one? Like the nutrition myths? What about the like food sensitivity tests? I was going to say that one. Well, that one comes up all the time. People are like, I can't eat this laundry list of food. I'm like, remember at, uh, yes, I say it. Say it, but that no, one player had that one player with the, and they did the food sensitivity test and he was flagged for like all of the foods that Everything. he eats on a regular basis. Like they, no one understands the science behind these right, things. Exactly. And it picks up the antibodies that are there because of the foods that you've eaten recently. You know, so like if you are somebody who is always eating eggs, eggs are going to pop up on your list of like what not to eat. It's totally backwards. So, I mean, I've done a lot of research here, like uh, not like research, uh, publishable research. I mean, I've dug deep into this and I've called uh, allergists. No allergist recommends this test. There isn't a single allergist. Allergists look at a different type of Ig protein. Now, I think this is IgA. I think they look at IgE. Now, don't quote me on that, but wh- whatever. I think you're right. I, th- and, I, I literally just saw an article about it the other day. I think that's. I mean, it. you're literally making. I think it's such a scam, and and it and it 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 makes me so sad that like I have to defend myself against these tests and like put out information of why they're why they're wrong, and then. So poor people who are listening to this, they li- they have to eliminate their favorite foods because those are the ones that they've been eating and those are the ones that pop up. Funny, isn't it funny that everything you ate in the last week is on this chart, you know? Yeah. I think I think if you buy it on Groupon, if it's on Groupon, you probably shouldn't buy it. <laughs> You know, that goes true for so many different places. So many things. Everything in life. Don't get Botox on there. (laughs) Don't get like a massage from Groupon. (laughs) They're not busy. Don't go there. (laughs) Oh, I got my hair colored from Groupon. Oh, Oh my God. Okay. This, you guys are so funny. I know there's so many things out there. I just can't even, I feel bad. And I, at the same time, I feel like, is it my job to like correct everybody and help everybody? Or am I just like walk by, should I eat gluten? No, don't, who cares? Don't yeah, move you along in your life. <laughs> yeah. yeah move on. I do think you have to pick and choose your battles. Like it's, and it's hard. And I feel like that's why Kelsey was saying earlier, like I have like armor to it because everybody's like, you can't think of one thing. I'm like, I don't even know because I feel like I get so many things that I'm just literally like, like everything. Yeah. I just, I can't, I, it's like, I can't, I can't, unless I hear something that's really triggering to me yeah. that makes my ears bleed like clean or something like yeah. that. Then I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> All right. We got to talk about this. So, that's so, so interesting. I, 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 I think it's fun when people ask about nutrition myths. I, I think it's like, uh, like, you know, kind of digging, like, where do they hear about it? And I, I do like to answer, to answer your, your rhetorical question. <laughs> I do think it's our job to kind of, you know, answer their question. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, because like, if they didn't ask us, who are they going to ask? Dr. Google. And they're going to get any answer Dr. that Oz. they want to get. Yeah. Or Dr. Oz. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But don't you ever feel like it just sometimes that it's is, just so overwhelming? True. That ha, that is so true. I really like I really like that approach to it. And um, okay, so it's your it's our jobs. Okay. So let's just let's just take it from like ha, it's our job. Let me ask you this. How would we approach portion sizes? Because at the end of the day, like, isn't it really all about managing how much you're eating and portion sizes? Because really most of the time when we're eating, it's not truly just because of hunger, right? It's other stimuluses that are kind of getting us to eat. So when do you, when do you stop? How you brought up intuitive eating. Does that work for everybody? Is there a way to like add mix intuitive with a little bit of your own intuition or your own like actual knowledge of something, a, a bit of a blend? Oh my gosh, of course. I, I think that um, I think that over the years um, having my practice, I've really kind of thought about like even just how I eat um, and and how my culture eats. Like my parent, like we we eat tons of vegetables. We eat rice every single day, right? Like you're not supposed to apparently eat rice, but we eat rice for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I kind of just thought about that, like in the American culture. Um, it's so different from the Vietnamese culture, but if you go to Vietnam, a lot of us are normal weight and we don't have these chronic diseases that we do in America. And when I think of like all of the traditional foods that I eat, for example, like pho and like noodle soups and they're, they're all carbs. Um, but we didn't grow up like having to portion size out everything. And I'm not going to go to my mom's house and portion out half a cup of uh, noodles because that's all I'm supposed to eat according to the USDA. So I think that like, yeah, you have to take into those factors, you know, like your culture, um, how hungry you are, how much you want to eat to enjoy your meal. Um, but also, you know, like in my practice, we still teach, we, we do, you, you do have to have a baseline of what's, too much, right? Yeah. Yeah. You agree? You have a baseline of what's too much yeah. and understand what too much really looks like. And I think we kind of lose touch of that, especially when dining out. But I just want to uh, swing back to cultural, like culturally for my culture, we have uh, naturally eat the Mediterranean diet way. And the, the same thing, it's carbohydrate based protein is a condiment and it's on the side. And one more thing about it is you mentioned going to your mom's house and eating over there. In my culture, we eat together all the time, full families, like around family style food. So it, there's also a lot of conversation and things take your mind away from just focusing only on the food. It's, it, it's like, it's a more of an experience when you're eating that way. And so you eat less when it's an experience. Like think about some of like the best restaurants maybe you've ever been to. The portion sizes are so tiny, but when you leave, you feel so full because it was like spaced out over a long period of time and you enjoyed every bite and every bite was so like valuable on so many levels. And I feel like that is kind of where we need to get to, to enjoy food again. Did I go too deep here? No, I, I agree. I agree. Oh, I agree. Sorry, back to my mom. She would say, <laughs> she would say, like, don't feed people like too much. Like, you know, like we sometimes when people come over, you just like want to give them 
I mean, like, cause you're hospitable, you want to give them like so much food, but my mom, like her thing is like, if you give them too much, they'll feel like stuffed and sick and actually like go away, not feeling good. Like you want to like have them be able to enjoy. I feel like you enjoy food more when it's, when you kind of even like maybe want a little bit more and you don't feel sick afterwards. Is that 75% rule? Eat yeah. 75% full. Anyone ever hear that? Mm -hmm. oh, do you follow that, Nairi? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I honestly do follow that. I really do follow that. I don't like the feeling of stuffed. And I also feel like sometimes like the beginning bites or the first half of whatever I'm eating tastes so much better than the last half of what I'm eating. So like, why wouldn't I leave myself with like, that first, those first Absolutely. flavors, you know, because I feel so much better that way. I'm like, my, I can get a large ice cream cone and I can finish it. But truthfully, after the first scoop, I'm like, I'm good. That I met my craving. That's all I needed. And then after a while, it's like a chore to keep eating the rest of the cone. Am I the only one who feels this no, way? No, that's, that's actually <laughs> a tip that I give clients is like when they're then they're trying to like cut out something that they they binge on or, or can't control themselves with. One um, tip is like the the last bite should be as good as the first bite. And that's kind of when you, you know when you should stop. Yeah, I love that. Talk to I me. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Angela. <laughs> okay, well, that just reminds me of, of those little uh have has anyone ever gotten those like little mini ice cream cones from Trader Joe's yeah um, always have them in my they're mouth. like the perfect, perfect thing yeah. love them ever. do you ever get that mini the ice cream sandwiches like yeah I have those in my freezer right now too ones. they're perfect always the dove the mini yeah. dove ones that are this big yeah and they're those too. calories yeah. and it's perfect for my kids too they'll be like yeah. you're doing oh, your kids sure. one I'm like yeah, yeah. and it's good for it's me awesome. too it's different. Mini, everything is good. Everything 100%. should be mini. Like the, where this whole trend came from of super big has got to go away. Like, you know what Wawa in the, in the front, they have all those little tiny candies for 25 cents, like yeah. a little bag of Swedish fish. I always get one. Yep. It was like four sweet, five Swedish fish in there. I'm, I feel so like, yeah, yeah I just had some yeah. Swedish fish. But I also like, that's it. There's no more. Like I always suggest to people buy, I know it costs a little bit more, but buy individually packaged food. Like the minute you have a whole bag of chips, forget about it. Like, but like one, I mean, I'm sure you guys have all done this. Like when you eat this individual bag of chips, are you like shocked at how few, like I, I always go back for a second one. <laughs> and I'm always like, wow, that's really how much I should be eating of that. So <laughs> I just feel like, yeah, you spend a little bit more money, but you're in, like, this is an investment in yourself. Like sure. you need to invest in yeah. yourself. Yeah. Like well, when you're like, oh, I have to eat because I don't want to waste food, but oh, hit it, huh? Keep going with that. But, but at the same time, like you're going to pay, you're going to pay for it in other ways. Yeah. So paying for it. You're, first of all, when you get a large portion and you feel like you're part of the clean the plate club, you are saving nobody, nobody in like, and I'll just use Armenia because I can say that because I'm Armenian. No one in, you're not saving any starving person in Armenia because you just I love that. I never, I'm going to use that. <laughs> you're not saving anybody. And on top of that, you're hurting yourself. So now you are going to be not only like, you know, maybe have some 
I'm not even gonna go over the long term, but the short term is you're gonna feel guilty about this. You're not gonna feel good about yourself simply because you like finished the other half of what you didn't want. Throw it away and throw away your guilt that went with it. Get over it because you have to invest in yourself. And I think that starts at a young age. I mean, I think that like right now there's a big movement um, for, for like just trusting kids and letting them know that, you know, they're the ones that are in charge of their food and how much they're going to eat. And sometimes, you know, my little one will eat so much food. And then other times she eats a bite and she's like, my belly says it's full. I mean, I always ask my kids now, yeah. what's your body telling you? What's your belly telling you? Because I, I mean, I wasn't raised like that and, and that was no offense to my parents, but that just like, that just wasn't how we were raised. And I just want them to be more in touch so that there are teenagers and adults who are in touch with themselves. Andrea, that's awesome. But, we but, you know, you get, but you get feet, you get weird feedback from other moms or family members when you're like, you're only going to put that on their plate or, you know, or when I'm, I'm out somewhere and I see somebody come with this giant plate to feed their three-year-old, I'm like, that they're yeah. three, you know, they don't need the hamburger, a big thing of, you know, fries and the broccoli and the potato salad or what I'm like, oh my gosh, they're so but overwhelming. That's overwhelming to a kid. Like that but also is- it's setting them up for, yeah, I feel like those kids are the ones who like, oh, this is the portion I'm supposed, like, that's what I was five. Now I'm 10. Like, do I need two cheat? Like it just, yes. I mean, kids, like you hit it right on the head. Like kids know what they're capable of feeling and, and eating. And it, I mean, it just, I mean, whether you formula feed or breastfeed, it doesn't matter, but like breastfeeding has that sort of you know, they feed till they're full kind of thing. And like, I think that like travels through life. Like kids know when they're hungry and they know when they're full and like, you don't need to like overwhelm them if they want more, like, sure. But um, at the end of the day, it all balances out. So, and you know, I, I mean, even with James, like, I mean, I grew up in a family, like we had like tasty cakes at every like in every lunchbox, like my mom was like, I gave you all that crap because like, then you didn't feel restricted from it. And she's right. Like when I got to college, I wasn't like, oh my gosh, French fries, pizza, (laughs) soda, like sign me up for all of these things. Like I still felt like I had control over what I could eat because it didn't feel like I was restricted at all. And I think that, you know, I think that's really important. I was that way. I love that your mom did that. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. My family was like, like, I re- remember going over to my one friend's house and I was like, where, like we had dinner. And then I was like, where's dessert? And she was like, we only have dessert like for birth. And I was like, what? Like my family, my mom bought like giant pixie sticks. Like <laughs> what you got it. Like, and like, I just didn't want them. I was like, why? Like, it, it just wasn't a big deal for us to have. Yeah. yeah. I read yeah. it's like your candy drawer. It's like my yes. candy drawer. In my, house, I, in my house, when my kids were younger, I had an entire drawer full of every, like all clear containers, all different candies. And it was fully acceptable. I mean, accessible to them. Starburst, Twizzlers, but like also like peanut butter cookies. And like there were every, maybe like 25 different options in this drawer. And my kids would go into the drawer when they felt like it. They would take a couple of things. They knew like two or three, that's enough. Like, you know what I mean? I would have uh, kids come over with family, like friends would bring their kids over and my friends would have to stand at my drawer with their knee 
holding it closed because the kids wanted to get into it so badly. And me, I just felt like, like I did it as my own little mini experiment because maybe I'm a weirdo, but I, I wanted to see like what my kids would react like if this was what they were exposed to from a very young age and they got to make their own decisions. I guided their decisions. Sure. I guided them, but um, yeah, I think that it does well. Cause then you're like, right, Angela, like now my kids are in college and they're not going crazy. Like, you know, like they've never seen fruity pebbles before. And I feel yeah. so, again, I feel yeah. so bad. Yeah. Kids. I mean, I was on vacation, even like, I just, yeah, I felt really bad. We were on vacation, um, up in Maine and they had like a huge continent. It was like the best continental breakfast I've ever experienced, but they had like, other like quick dry items. And I think they had like, um, oh my gosh, what are the little, uh, Captain Crunch. They had like Captain Crunch, oh. Raisin Bran and yeah. Cheerios. And like, I mixed Captain Crunch with the Cheerios for James. And I remember like standing next to this dad with this five-year-old and he's like, no, the kid was having a meltdown about Captain Crunch. Cause he probably never saw it before. Yeah. And it's just like, just give him the it's a dumb it's cereal. It's too yeah. much sugar. You're, they're going to be hyperactive. They're yeah. going to be hyperactive if we give them too much sugar. Yeah. I, it just, it just blows my mind. Just let kids eat, give them variety and, and they'll figure it out. Especially on vacation. Like, come on. Yeah. Well, I, I think every day's vacation. I, want, I secretly wanted to sneak it. I wanted to sneak it to this kid and just be oh. like, oh, here, but you know, <laughs> I'm not going to be that person. Well, I also think, and I've seen this um, with some uh, pediatric dietitians that I follow too, like some of their suggestions sometimes is like, if this is a problem in your house and how to start it, like serve the cookie or dessert with dinner. Mm-hmm. So like, that's just a way of letting the kids, like if yeah. they eat the cookie, then they eat the cookie, but then that totally works. It totally yeah, works. It works 1000. Cause I, I also, I mean, you guys have all done that. You want, you want, I need it. I made James a birthday or my husband a birthday cake and James saw it sitting out and all he wanted the entire dinner was like this dark chocolate cake. And I was like, for 10 minutes, I was like, forget it. Just give him the cake. And he ate the cake and then he ate whatever else we had that night. I mean, why deprive? Yeah, it, it totally works because then they're like, okay, I had it. And now they're still hungry. So then like, I've seen it in my own kids, like they picked up things and they started eating it. And I've also been trying to have honest conversations with my kids because sometimes, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but people are like, you know, should you sneak the healthy food? Healthy oh, I hate or not. I, I am not one to sneak it in. I more say to them, like, if we're talking about carrots, I'm like, oh, you know, this has some properties that are good for our eyes. Or we talk about protein or carbohydrate. And, and I just like, I want them to know this stuff so they can make choices and decisions. And I'm not trying to like trick them and they do, they're like, look, mom, we're helping our eyes. And they think it's funny, like as they dip it in ranch, but like, whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the problem with like sneaking it is because they never see it in it's like natural form. They don't know what a carrot looks like, or they don't know what a bell pepper. So when they get older and they're exposed to these foods, it's like foreign to them. But you know, if you can, I mean, our job is to offer it to them, right? And their job is to decide whether or not they want to eat it. And I, I like yeah. that idea of like serving cookies with dinner because it yeah. just makes everything very neutral. Can very we bounce this back to adults real quick? Because so like the the whole thing with the with having that cookie or Angela, like your story about like having the cake and then he ate the rest of the food. Like, isn't that 
the same with adults. Like if you are constantly like depriving yourself, like if you want that cookie so badly, have it, like have it because then you, it's almost like you start making up for it in different ways. Like you didn't have, you deprived yourself of the cookies and now you're going to eat like this healthy, healthy snack, this healthy snack, this healthy snack. If you just had your darn cookie, everything would have just shaken itself out into the right places for the rest of the day. Do you guys agree? 100%. Yeah. And you wouldn't be like hyper-focused on it either. I feel like when you, when you deprive, then you're like still like thinking about it later. When I feel like it's easier. I mean, at least for me, if I just eat the cookie, then I like move on with my day For sure. or just yeah. like move on with it and then make a different choice later if I want that or not. But if you're like depriving, you're always like looking to see what else you can like sneak to yourself. Well, it's like, it's like, you know, halo top ice cream and all of those other substitutes too. It's like, are you really getting satisfied from that? No. And like spend a couple extra bucks on like the Talenti ice cream, because you're going to eat less of it because you're going to be satisfied sooner, you know? So So true. Let's go with the real stuff. Amen. Okay, ladies, this was awesome. I don't want to hold up any more of your day. I know that we could go on forever, but I am going to ask you, um, like a, a, a quick fire fire question. Okay. So, uh, I'm going to ask each of you what you made for dinner last night and what your favorite food is. Okay. Go Kelsey. Chicken fingers and French fries is what I made for dinner last night. Yeah. My favorite food is probably pizza in any form. Angela. Um, I was getting my nails done for a wedding this weekend. So <laughs> we ordered pizza. Um, and what's my favorite food in the world? Um, cacio e pepe. Okay, that's a good one. Ooh. Andrea. We had cheeseburgers, fries, and broccoli. <laughs> we're a great group of dietitians, aren't we? I mean, really well. I think yeah. what we're trying to say is we're normal. So this is the point. Yeah. yeah, this is the whole point. And yeah. like, Great food, I would say, I, I I really can't make a favorite, but I would take anything, I can do a cuisine, anything Mexican, I think. Oh, okay. like That's really good. Yeah, I totally love Mexican. Yeah. Huh? I ate leftovers from lunch. I had baba ganoush and pita and fries. Um, <laughs> and my favorite food is my mom's, my mom's pho. It's the best. Of course. I saw that on Insta. It looked amazing. Ugh. So good. Wait, Nairi, you have to answer now. Me? Well, last night I went out for dinner. Uh, we had sushi in New York and it was just like amazing. For. Really, I, I will never, I will almost never not be able to eat sushi anywhere else <laughs> after eating last night here. Sushi Yasuda, if you ever go, go. Mm, and sushi. it was amazing. Um, did omakase so like I ate things that I would never normally eat and every single bit of it like blew my mind okay so that was last night so sushi way more than I normally eat and way more of the wine so last night so I'm making up for it today I already went out for a walk okay like that so so see it's about balance I ate a lot I rolled out of there last night um my favorite food in the entire world I mean, truthfully, I have two, but I'm going to go with one and you guys, it's bread and butter, straight up bread and butter. I could eat bread and butter, just bread. I could eat bread and butter any, any time. Yeah. 
Butterboard, I'm all about the butterboard. I want the butterboard. So actually, yeah, like I said pizza because it's like a good go-to, but I think if we're doing groups, I would say like <clears throat> any appetizer. Like that's We're not, not doing groups. The question was <laughs> one food. So everybody okay. stop. Andrea, you did not follow instructions. And we're not doing groups. We're not making it right now. Shrimp tacos, shrimp tacos. In the category of breakfast, my favorite food. <laughs> I mean, really, I could just, I could go through all the categories all the day. It's so hard for me. Sorry. Bye. All right, dragons. Thanks for taking the time to be here today. All right. Bye. Bye. bye.